Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, The Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about how God is using us to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our local church, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Today it's back to the archives for a final lesson on the life of Nathaniel. When Nathanael comes to Jesus, as recorded in John chapter 1, Jesus saw in him a man who was ready to be real and honest with him. He said, Here is a man in whom there is found no guile. Now most men avoid Jesus because they're not ready to be honest with God, but Jesus discovered or uncovered to Nathanael a wonderful quality of honesty that Jesus knew he could really work with. Now, when a man comes before Jesus, one thing that happens is that Jesus always reveals to that man something that is true about the man. Sometimes he shows him or her a good thing. Oftentimes he shows that person a sin or an attitude he wishes to cleanse and heal. Always he shows the man something true about himself, just like he showed Nathaniel. Interestingly, as we know today, Nathaniel almost missed discovering the truth found in Jesus because of a secret little prejudice hidden in his heart. And as we'll see today, prejudice is the major barrier between man and God. Nathaniel's prejudice almost got the best of his honesty and his seeking spirit. His prejudice almost derailed him from where this honest search was leading him. Philip comes to Nathaniel and says, Nathaniel, we found him who we've been looking for. We found the Messiah. He's Jesus from Nazareth. Nathaniel says, wait a second here. You know, what, what good thing has ever come from Nazareth? And you know, Nathaniel knows there's just not very many upstanding citizens that come out of Nazareth. What leading citizen has ever been risen out of this area. Some people say that actually what Nathaniel is doing here is he's not only showing his prejudice against Nazareth, but because the town he lives is from the same region as a part of Galilee, and it's another one of these small Galilean towns which was in those days and age despised, that really what Nathaniel is saying is he's also deprecating himself. Hey, look, there's nothing good ever going to come from this place. Well, we don't know. But the fact is, is that there's this prejudice that rises up within Nathaniel, and he is ready to dismiss the person of Jesus Christ right off the bat before he even meets him. I like what Philip says. He says, you know, what good can come out of Nazareth? Well, why don't you come and find out for yourself? Why don't you come and check this person out for yourself? But let's understand something here about prejudice, and it's this. You know, when you go and try to share the gospel with somebody, you're going to come against different arguments and obstacles, and, and this was true in your own life. When you came to Jesus, there were different barriers that were in your life that were interfering your ability to come to Christ. And those obstacles were maybe philosophical arguments you had. Maybe they were historical experiences, the difficulties you had in your life. Maybe they were problems with your understanding of what was scientific. You know, there are some individuals who feel that they're so intelligent and they know science that they just dismiss anything of the supernatural. Maybe you have a problem just overcoming sin issues and overcoming pride issues that you had in your life that kept you from coming to Christ. And if you want to go and take the gospel to people, you're going to find that there are these barriers that they have in their life that will form resistance. They're too proud. They have a preconceived notion about what will happen if they become a Christian. You know, God's going to destroy all of my fun and all of my joy. Or they have all these images and so they resist and they're resistant to responding to the gospel. 
The fact is, though, that all those barriers are, to some extent, overcome as you begin to talk to them. And you can overcome their issues of ignorance by telling the truth. And you can overcome the barriers of philosophical argument by beginning to reason with them and show them how reasonable the gospel is. But there's one barrier that is more resistant than all the others, and it is the barrier of internal prejudice. You see, there is in the heart of men and women an eternal prejudice against the things of God. There is a universal prejudice in every place and in every person that provides a resistance and provides a block from them ever coming to the truth, from ever coming to God. Every person has a prejudice in their life that keeps them from coming to God. You know what that prejudice is? They're prejudiced against God. There is an internal resistance against God himself. Romans chapter 3, 11 tells it this way. There is no one who truly seeks after God. There is something in the heart of man that is resistant towards God's own being, his own nature, his own purpose. Now, it's hard to understand because Ecclesiastes tells us that God has put eternity in every man's heart. That God has somehow put some impulse in a man that is a Godward tug that draws all men to himself. All men have a God-given, Godward pull in their life towards God because they're made in the image of God. But understand this, all men also have a sin-driven, God-denying, God-defying prejudice. They do not want to come to the light in order that their sins might not be exposed before God, in order that they may continue to lie to themselves about who they are and what good people they are, in order that they may maintain the facade that they build up about themselves, in order that they may continue to live a life filled with guile and dishonesty towards themselves and others. And when you come in God's presence, remember, that's when all guile ceases. That's when we get honest with God. That's when we become real before God. That's when we become exposed before God. And men don't want to get in that position. And so their flesh, their sin, drives them away from God and prejudices them against the things of God. And so while all men may have eternity in their hearts, all men have an inner prejudice that can only be overcome in one way. There's no way you can beat this prejudice with an argument. You cannot argue a person in the kingdom. You cannot beat down their resistance and the prejudice towards God. And you'll find it in every age and at every point in time. And you'll find the prejudice rises up in your own life on a consistent basis. And you cannot overcome this prejudice with an argument. Because they'll just argue right into the night. And you'll just go round and round and round in a circle. And you'll do the same thing within your own self. There's only one way to deal with prejudice. You must do what Nathaniel did, and you must offer people the option that Philip offered Nathaniel. Come and see Jesus. Come meet with him. Come before him. Come encounter him. When you come and see him, when you encounter him, he has the power to overcome your prejudice against God. He's the only one who can drive away the barrier of your own sin-driven resistance of God. And what you need to do is you need to come face to face with Jesus Christ. Now this is important because I think this is what we do and the most potent thing we do is a witness to people for Jesus Christ. We can stipulate and explain all that the gospel means. We explain all the reasons why a person must come to Christ. We can carry on arguments and deal with all the different ideas they might have and pull out all of our apologetical arguments before them. But ultimately what we need to do is we need to be filled with the person of Jesus Christ the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to live our lives in such a way that as we live before men, we bring men before Christ. See that?
We need to live in such a way that as we live before men, we bring men before Christ because it's only when they come before Jesus Christ himself and see Christ and Christ's own life expressed in our decisions and in our life and our attitude that their prejudices, the barriers, begin to fall. This is what happened to Nathaniel. And this is the fourth point. This is what Nathaniel discovered. And we'll go through these last points very quickly. What he discovered when he encountered Jesus was this. He discovered that Jesus had already discovered him. When he encountered Jesus, he discovered that Jesus was one who already knew all about him. It happens just in the verses prior to this. Uh, you see, Peter comes before Jesus, being led there by his brother Andrew, and there Jesus reveals to Peter, Peter, I know what's in your heart. Your name at this time is called Simon, but I see in you a Cephas. You're a rock. And Jesus somehow sees in his heart this wonderful, glorious potential and reveals it. Now, that's a great thing. Sometimes when we come before Jesus, Jesus shows us things that we're capable of but we never dream of. That's what God shows us. This is part of the real us. Other times we come before Jesus and he shows us the sin in our life. That's what happened at the woman at the well. She came before Jesus and she wanted to have some kind of argument to keep from coming from him. She kept dodging the real issue of where Jesus was trying to get to in his conversation with her. And finally Jesus put his finger on the real issue in her life and it was this. You've been married a lot of times and the man you're with right now is not even your husband. You've got sin in your life and you need to deal with it. And, and she was uncomfortable, you see. But he had got to the core of the issue in her life. And you see it with the rich young ruler who said, Lord, since I've been a young person, I've obeyed all the laws and all the commandments. How do I get eternal life? And the Bible says Jesus looked at the man and he loved him. And he, he said, well, you lack one thing. You love your possessions. You like being rich. Why don't you sell everything you have and come follow me? And the man went away sad because Jesus saw what the real issue, he saw his heart, and he saw that his heart was a heart that was woven and intertwined around his possessions. Look at a very curious passage you'll find at the end of chapter 2 here in the Gospel of John. Just turn over a little bit. Verse 23, it says, Now when Jesus was at Jerusalem for the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. I mean, they were impressed by all the neat things he did, and they, they said, well, I, I, Listen, I'm going to follow this guy. But Jesus did not entrust or commit himself unto them because he knew all men. He knew that this was just a passing thing, that they were just impressed by the great things that he had done and they wanted to be close to a person who did great things, but that they did not have in their hearts a willingness to really yield their lives completely to him, to entrust their lives with him. And so because he knew they weren't ready to entrust their lives with him, he wasn't going to entrust his life with them. What does it say? Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in a man. He knew it was in their heart. This is what happens when you come before Jesus. When you open your life up before God, even with all of your prejudices, when you come and you meet Jesus, he regularly begins to reveal to you, you. He shows you what you're like. He shows you your sin. He shows you also your hidden potential. And at that point in time, all the walls begin to fall away. All the arguments, all the challenges, all the prejudices melts away in the presence of Jesus Christ. The challenge is that we need to come to Jesus. We need to stand before him in our lives on a daily basis. My problem is I live in a day and age which the whole world is always conducting an act. So how do I know if I'm not just acting as well? How do I know that I'm not just playing some kind of spiritual game for my own self-satisfaction? Well, I'll tell you how. Consistently come before Jesus. Meet with Him. Discover Him in the Word. Talk to Him. Let your life be an open book 
before him and he will melt away. He will show you the real you. He will penetrate to the deep core and the sin in your life. He will also show you the hidden potential that he wants to develop in your life and he'll change you. And that's what Nathaniel discovered when he went into Jesus' presence. Last point, what was it that Nathaniel will ultimately discover from Jesus? What does he ultimately discover? He discovers not only that Jesus knows everything about him, but he also discovers that Jesus is the only one who can show him himself. See? But he discovers in Jesus the one who can show him all about God. Jesus says, you, you think it's something because I told you all about yourself? You think it's something because I discovered to you that I had already discovered you? Well, listen, hang around. You'll see greater things than this. Because if you watch me and you discover my life and you look upon me and you study me, what you're going to see around me is you're going to see the heavens opened up. And Nathaniel, I'm going to be the ladder that comes down from heaven to you. And you're going to see coming from my life the angels ascending upward and descending downward to you. God is going to become relevant and real in your life because I am going to reveal him to you. I not only have the ability to discover or uncover your life, but I have the ability to help you discover God because when you see me, you've seen God. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. Go to traincpe.org to gain an appreciation for the ministry we are sending out to many nations around the globe. Again, go to traincpe.org to learn more and please consider supporting the work. If you'd like more information, you can also find a way there to contact us and we'd be delighted to share with you more personally what God is doing through our ministry with you and even your local church. Well, thanks for joining us. I look forward to our next time gathering around the bread of life. Until then, may God bless you.